Welcome to this Nutri Ingredients podcast. I'm Shane Starling, and uh, I'm standing uh, with Kathy Musa Veloso, PhD, who is the Associate Director of the Food and Nutrition Group at Cantox Health Sciences International, and they have been hosting an event today in Brussels about health claims. And one of the big topics of discussion, um, Kathy, was biomarkers, or the lack of them, um, and also this difference between biomarkers and, and risk factors. What, what is that difference? It's a good question, Shane. Um, I think that the difference between biomarkers and risk factors still is not completely clear. Um, and, you know, where we know that Canada and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration have very finite, a very finite list of biomarkers they consider relevant to disease risk, we don't have the same list from EFSA. And uh, I believe that's because there's still a learning curve on what is considered an appropriate risk factor and what isn't. What, what is on EFSA's list of risk factors? Well, EFSA doesn't have a list of risk factors, so all we can do is infer from their Article 14 evaluation. So it's a case-by-case case situation? Exactly. It's a case-by-case. Case. And what's been learned so far? Well, so far we know, for example, that LDL cholesterol is a recognized risk factor for heart disease. Um, we also know that um, potentially HDL cholesterol might also be a relevant risk factor. And that's a difference because in the U.S. and in Canada, um, HDL cholesterol is not considered an appropriate biomarker uh, for coronary heart disease risk. And companies complain that without biomarkers or risk factors in place, a list to reference, they can't go and construct trials and do the science required. Do you, do you think that's a fair complaint? Absolutely. I think that there's a lot of frustration currently. Um, you know, the industry has been told first that their data are not good enough. Their studies are not of sufficient quality. Um, and now, secondly, they're trying to, um, you know, invest in better clinical studies, but there's this uncertainty about what they should be measuring, you know, not just with respect to a risk factor for disease, but also what other health outcomes will be considered physiologically relevant or physiologically beneficial. And this is a requirement that has not been established by EFSA, but is actually written in regulation. So what's being done to redress this situation? Um, I think our biggest learning tool right now are the actual EFSA opinions. And as you know, a big batch is expected to be released this Thursday. And uh, Julian Kleiner did mention that this is the best learning tool. Read the opinions, understand what outcomes are considered physiologically beneficial and which are not. All eyes on Thursday then. Thanks very much for your time, Kathy. Shane Starling in Brussels for Nutra Ingredients.